You're listening to the Dome Patrol Podcast. What's up, Houdet Nation, and thanks for joining us on the Dome Patrol Podcast, the official Saints podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Jason, uh, today because Jeff is out uh, hiking in the woods somewhere out west. So he didn't want to be here. Maybe he's still recovering from our season preview spectacular show, which we pumped out two episodes this past weekend. Um, it was a fun time, but there was some recovery time. I know I recovered a little on Saturday. I'm glad I only do these shows about once or twice a year anymore compared to back in the day when we would record on levels every week at like eight or nine o'clock and I'd wake up hungover. So. Uh, so that's good. So uh, it's here. The NFL season is finally here. Uh, we are on week one of the NFL season, and we're kind of continuing our theme of some guests for our shows this week. Um, so well, I'll consider that a little tease. So for now, put your seatbelts on, keep your hands and legs inside your earbuds at all times, and enjoy the show. Today, uh, we have our Dome Patrol crew of James and Wesley. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. All good. I mean, re- good. recovering from last uh, weekend from our show and from the embarrassing LSU display. Yeah. But uh, but now it's time for real football. I don't even care about college football. I don't know why we're talking about <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> uh, hey, at least Tulane won. Yeah. Uh, ready for football. Now that we have a real game in the Dome, I'm actually ready to go to the Dome and see all the new renovations since it's not preseason anymore. And our special guest, Nick Underhill. How's everybody doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, man. Pretty better is... Wesley, I guess, will tolerate, but I'm happy to see you and other guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he, uh, Wesley and I, he, we are going to dinner Friday night because we made a bet on the Pelicans uh, Mavericks, and I actually won this bet, so he's gracious enough to uh, to, 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 to actually uh, four, go through. Four-person with... four, four dinner at Mr. John's. So, yeah. <laughs> a... so that's um, fun. But yeah, Super Bowl, man. Season's here. It's awesome. I love I love this time of year. It's the best and the worst, right? It is. Yeah. So you feeling pretty good, Nick? Like kind of just leading in the this season is uh this is all the unknown of who's gonna get hurt, who's gonna stay healthy. Um, is the division are they as bad as we think? Like you, uh, how are you feeling right now? Starting the starting the season. I actually feel pretty good. I think, and you know, you, you go into this year cautious because of how last year went, and it just kind of feels like you're trying not to be excited about things because last year was just kind of like such a letdown and a bummer. So even with that like layer of pessimism over the top, like I, I feel good about what we saw. I mean, there's just really no other way to, to look at it. I mean, the quarterback's better. Uh, the receivers are, are better. I think uh, the defense looks pretty good. I, you know, I think there's still some stuff on the defensive line that I'm a little bit worried about just in terms of like top end talent, but I think the volume at that position, those positions is, is pretty good. I, I feel good about a lot of the stuff we're seeing. It feels like the team practiced, Differently this year, there was just kind of more seeing the players that you like. Last year, you would go like four days and be like, like, did I see Cam Jordan? Like, you would have to kind of like, you know, think back if if you're seeing the star players like get their work and get their reps. Like, that wasn't really the case this year. It felt like a little bit more of a intense camp, and the guys you wanted to see flash were consistently flashing. You didn't necessarily have to like go look for those things that were kind of in your face. And I, I like the way Da's carrying himself, and I, I hope I don't regret saying that later, but. You know, he just he feels confident. He feels like he's he's in command. He feels comfortable. I, I just I like the vibe around everything with this team. So I, I do feel good about where they're at. You know, I think there's a lot that we still got to find out. You know, I think some of the Derek Carr stuff that looks great now should look great. If it didn't look great, I think it would be alarming. Like we need to see how he looks when things are kind of, you know, messy a little bit. And when, you know, when there's pressure mentally in the red zone, is he still performing and, and doing, you know, 
the things he needs to do better than he did with the Raiders. I mean, that was a big thing there. Um, you know, one of the things he said when he came here is that it was kind of take the, the pressure off him a little bit. And he didn't feel like he had to carry everything himself. We'll see if that manifests in like some of those red zone reps and, you know, actual pressure too of a pass rush. You don't see that now. How does he handle it? Like he got bigger. You see him bulked up. That has to be with like taking those hits in mind a little bit. So let's see if he actually stands in there and, and takes them and, you know, does some of that stuff a little bit better. But, you know, in the clean, controlled atmosphere training camp, I feel like everything went kind of the right way. So, yeah, I feel good about it right now. Those are kind of the two biggest – I'm sorry. The two biggest things for me were Dennis, Dennis Allen, Allen. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, and Derek Carr. There's a reason why when when the when the schedule came out, Dennis Allen kept me at 9-8, and eight, even though looking at the schedule, it's like, man, this is the easiest schedule in the league. But – seeing Derek Carr and and hearing things about Derek Carr, like I'm, I'm fully bought into Derek Carr at this point. I think he just had a lot of Raiders, you know, he got stuck in whatever the Raiders are because the Raiders are really bad. And I think he's better than that. So that's bumped me up. I think on, by the time I gave my last record prediction, I think I was up to 11 and six. Yeah. All right. I mean, Look, the, the Raiders are – like, you saw Chandler Jones just today going off about, like, not being able to get into the yeah. building to work out and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's a bad organization. It's it's tough to judge anyone coming out of there. DA, you know, I, th- I think I had some Raiders think on him too that, that kind of, you know, lowers the opinion of him a little bit. And I think he's going to hopefully prove people wrong this year because I, I want to see him win a lot of games because it's more fun to do the job uh, when they're winning games. So I'm, I'm over for the same thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I think I think some of the car stuff though is is a little bit like it's, some of it's a little a little real. I think he has to prove some of the stuff a little bit wrong. Like, look, I think he's a top fifteen quarterback, but like some of the red zone struggles, this is real. Like those things actually happen. Some of it probably is Raiders ish, but I think he has to get on the other side of it. But I do think that maybe if you take out some of the the mental anguish and the mental weight of being an Oakland slash Las Vegas Raider out of it, some of that stuff hopefully it does improve a little bit. So we got to see it. But yeah, I'm bought in on him too. Like. He's going to be significantly better than Andy Dalton. He's going to be significantly better than Jameis Winston. There's no question about that. He's going to be a lot better than Taysom Hill. Like he's going to—he's a real quarterback. He's someone that that should be starting in the NFL. He's a top 15 guy. Then things go right. The defense is good. The running game's good. Mike Thomas plays 17 games. Like maybe you elevate from 15 and and you you know start knocking on the door of that top 10. We'll see. I mean, I think he has better support here. I think. I think the coaching has to, you know, rise to the level a little bit too. Like Pete Carmichael's got out of a cohesive plan from day one and still have that same plan on, I don't know how many days are in the season, day 180, whatever it is, 17 weeks later. Like they need to, you know, show up in those aspects too. And I think, you know, some of that stuff's going to obviously go hand in hand, but it does feel like they have like an offensive identity this year in camp. That's like such a huge thing. We saw like, we saw motion. We saw creativity with like how they're getting Rashid Shahid the ball. Creativity with just kind of, you know, some of their runs and some of the stuff that like you see like the 49ers doing the Saints are doing like so it just feels a little bit more forward thinking all the way around and I just I, I feel like they learn from their mistakes and I think that stuff is going to help their car so I'm I'm bought in with them on them with you I'm just you know I'm a little bit cautious so like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wait to get you know that second wave of stock on them but I got I got a few you know I got a few in there and I'm gonna see how it goes so all of us kind of know about the the you know, the, the big Saints players that we know need to need to help us out, you know, with Derek Carr, Michael Thomas, kind of stuff like that. Uh, you know, then last year we have some some players that nobody expected, like Caden Ellis became defensive player of the year for half the year. And then Rashid Shahid became an offensive, you know, huge threat. And obviously those guys came out of nowhere because of injuries and different things like that. Is there a, a player this year that's not in the spotlight that we're not talking about? There's like this could be somebody by the end of this year that we're like that that maybe was the difference maker. Anybody you see? Yeah, like that? Talk- 
Do you guys ever talk about Colin Saunders? Man, I mean, we, when we we got him, we love all the big athleticism and all that kind of stuff. But no, like after after we got him, we're like, yeah, he's just kind of like he's just a big guy that's there. So no, not since the I mean, trade or since the. Signing. I mean, if, yeah, if you if you were gonna do like a like a speculative pick on someone that that could have like that that kind of upside, like obviously like with Ellis, we didn't see it. So you're, you're picking someone that you don't see it coming from him. So I mean, that would probably be the guy that I feel like maybe has a chance to to be like a, a difference maker that that nobody's really talking about at this time. You know, I think he's going to help a ton in the run game. Like that's just kind of that. That's where he should be really good. That's where he looked really good with the the Chiefs last year. Um, and, and I think that that should be a huge thing. And I think there's just going to be times where you got to look to notice him, but it's going to be like, damn, how did Demario Davis have like such a free lane to the the running back? And it's going to be because Saunders is you know sucking up two blocks and just kind of freeing that lane. So I think there's a chance of that. But I think he also has the ability to, to pass rush a little bit, and they're going to try to get creative with him. And you know, I I think Da like. He's, he's great at scheming that stuff up. So if he's excited about his new toys, like he's going to find ways to get those guys loose. And I, I think Saunders is someone that, that could have a chance to make a handful of plays in, in the, the pass rush game too. I don't think he's like a five-sack guy or anything like that. But, you know, two, three, four, some pressures, really good in the run game. I think he's someone that, that could be, a, you know, a solid difference maker in a spot where they badly need to be like significantly better than what they were a year ago. Well, that's going to be an improvement on last year, isn't it? Even if you just go with the, you know, five sacks or less than five sacks and all the pressures, because that's what we weren't getting last year. Yeah, and it, they just aren't trash against the run. Like, it's just, it, it's such a huge thing. I mean, it, it's such a big test week one, too. And that's the one thing that kind of scares me about this game is because, like, nobody tackles all summer, and now you got to tackle Derrick Henry, and it's just like, <laughs> damn, like, are they going to be able to do it? But they, they got to be way better against the run. And if they can cut that off, like, it's going to make everything so much easier Look, and one of the things that's going to help with run defense, too, is just having a competent quarterback and an offense that's going to hopefully score some points. points. You get a lead. Teams aren't going to run as you run on you as much anymore. Like, the thing that used to just drive me nuts is when everybody used to cite the uh, the stat where it's like, well, they haven't allowed a 100-yard rush or an X amount of games. And it's like, well, it's because nobody can run on them. They ran like, the ball 16 a times a game. <laughs> yeah, like, they have a lead every game. Like, nobody's running the ball. That's a huge part in having a good run defense. So I think that's one thing that's going to help, too. But I think Saunders is going to be a difference maker. I think Nathan Shepard's going to be good against the run, too. Uh, you know, it's kind of unheralded stuff. It's probably not stuff that we're going to talk about a whole lot, you know, unless you're digging deep for topics or something. But I think those two guys are going to make a difference. Well, a couple of years ago, there was so much talk with, you know, Sheldon Rankins didn't make a, a whole lot of tackles and didn't get a whole lot of stats. But Cam Jordan stood next to him and said, this is the guy that makes the difference on this whole defense. He's calling it out. He's taking up blocks to where I can get. Like, and so sometimes you don't need the stats and you don't need to hear the name to know that those are necessarily, like you said, the, the difference maker and the guy that's really letting the rest of the events. And plus, those guys, like our defensive linemen, need to take on blocks so that Demario Davis and Pete Werner can go make tackles. That's what that's what they are. That's why our defense is, is designed for them is to stay in the way. And like so so those guys know where to be. So uh, ho hopefully um, they're, they're doing that. It, it is scary. Like you said, we don't have a, a superstar on the defensive line but we got a whole lot of this could be the, the third best player on your defense or defensive line. We got a whole bunch of those. I don't know if we have anybody that sucks, but we also don't have anybody that's just maybe the difference maker. So it's uh, hopefully there's a scheme that, that Dennis Allen has that's got them all uh, playing in the right spot, letting other people make plays. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's just the one thing that worries me a little bit. It's just you want that one guy that, I don't know, 10, 12 times a season, you can just, he's going to go out and make a play on his own. Like He's just going to go out and beat his guy and get a sack and just win a one-on-one. -on -one. And like, I think Carl Granderson is ascending, but like, is he going to ascend enough? I think Peyton Turner, 
actually looks okay. Like we'll see, we'll see. I gotta see it. I gotta see M- it. Mike like, would be I, so I just, happy that you said that. Like he's just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, I, like all the signs are there, but like I gotta see it. Like I just, I can't, I can't do it again. Like I, this I is got deja vu. Like we had all the yeah. signs with Davenport. All the every sign. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm gotta see it mode with him. But look, like the stuff with the guy on the interior too. Like it's just even, even with. DA likes to run like a ton of stunts and stuff too. And if you have a guy that's like effectively able to do that stuff, like it does make Cam Jordan better. And it's just, it's dirty work that you don't see. And that was one of the things that Sheldon was so good at was just doing that dirty work and freeing people up or, you know, getting that interior push that makes the quarterback, you know, spill out of the pocket and then Cam can clean it up. Like plays start to happen when you have guys inside that are disruptive. And, and Brazil's obviously going to be a huge part of that too. So, you know, I, I do think that there are, like you said, a lot of guys that, that are, you're, possibly your third best player it's a collection of them one or two of them step up like you got a good group in da like I, you know i think he's as good as anybody at designing pass rush and scheming and all that stuff up designing pressures all of it so they're gonna get their numbers it's just kind of like it just always feels better when you know there's just like that guy that's gonna be able to go out and do it yeah it, it just makes you wonder like are we gonna have a really good fourth quarter defense because they've been rotating and staying fresh and the other teams i mean Maybe, but like I'd really like to have a good defense in the first quarter too. Yeah, you know, no, it's 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 a yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a fair concern. I mean, it, it is, it is, and I think all those guys are going to play. And, and look, if they're all solid, like that's fine. Like you can get away with that, and you show those different looks, and that's how you work around it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we're going to see how it goes. But I think it definitely the depth definitely cannot hurt. I just always, you know, the whole offseason, I felt like they're one guy away, they're one guy away, they're right. one guy away, they're one guy away, and they just never got him. Yeah, like we never got Hunter Renfro. I thought I've been predicting all year yeah. that he was going to make the team. I put him on well, our fifty-three man roster, even though he wasn't part of the team. Yeah, um, I mean there were people with the, the team that I thought they were going to get Hunter Renfro. You know, different points. So okay, so this one's kind of a weird. So another player we're not talking about too much that I can't find an excuse of why we're not talking about is Taysom Hill, who might have been the offensive MVP for a lot of last year. He single handedly won us at least a couple of games. He averages six yards a carry. He's been working to catch the ball better and now are we not talking about him because he's been injured and hasn't been playing is it because still nobody knows what his position is or quarterback is this like a a saints designed (laughs) thing are the saints keeping the Taysom hill talk quiet so at least we're going to surprise a couple teams because it i mean it's it's so who might be your offensive mvp from last year it's really quiet about him yeah, I mean, it's because he wasn't out there. He didn't practice. That's just that's just kind of what it is. And it's, yeah, like, B, we don't know. Like, you know, it goes back to the, the the Carmichael comment from before. Like, it's just – so, like, right now, you're missing two running backs. I, I doubt Kendra plays this week. We'll see. Uh, obviously, Alvin's not playing. So, you got Jamal Williams and Tony Jones Jr. I guess, so, like, going into this, you would think that, like, Taysom's going to have a massive role in the game. But there were a lot of times last year where, where common sense didn't, you know – that wasn't what they did. They didn't do the common sense things on offense. So, so I think that's what they got to do. But yeah, I think he's going to have a, a massive role in, in this game. He should. I, I would be shocked if he didn't. And he should be the way out of this. I mean, you take Kendra out of there. Jamal's, you know, the, the only other one. Like it should be a Taysom Hill game. You got to run the ball. He's, you know, arguably your your best available runner this week. So find a way to get the ball in his hands. But yeah, I mean, I I think he said he's been injured. We don't know what his role is. And yeah, I guess his position's quarterback. I mean, that that's got to be for the 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 third emergency quarterback thing. Like. I'm thinking that it's going to be – we'll see. Like, I could be dad wrong on this, but I'm thinking it's going to be Carr and Taysom, and then, you know, Winston will be your your third emergency quarterback, doesn't take up a roster spot then. If there's an injury, Taysom finishes the game, and then I think, you know, the week after that, Winston will be the starter. But I think that's just kind of a way to manipulate the numbers a little bit. So 
they didn't just like DA said like a clerical. Uh, it was a clerical move. Like I don't think it, the clerical move if it was just like a nothing thing. You just leave him listed as a tight end. I think it's very clearly uh, a way to manipulate that role. But like, good for them for finding a legitimate loophole. So I mean, they, they should take advantage of it. That's part of the reason why you have a guy like that. And if you don't like it, go find a taste some help. Yeah, is, is he see... healthy? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's practicing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He should be good to go. Do you see Taysom taking many snaps at quarterback this year? Like, it, yeah. I mean, I think you have to. It's some like to, to make it most effective. There has to be some threat of throwing the ball. And I know people get pissed at it, but you know, if he throws the ball, like your safeties have to be watching that. Like, it stops him from cheating. Like that's that's the whole point of having him is that there is that that threat. So I mean. At some point, he has to he has to throw a pass down the field to, to make everything as effective as it can be. So, is it, you know, whatever it was with Breeze, like if, if Drew can give up a throw, Derek Carr can give up two throws. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what it's got to be. So, so if it's okay with Breeze, it should be okay with anybody at that point. So, yeah, I, I think he does have to throw the ball some. And, you know, it's not being too cute. It's, it's being smart. Like you just have to do it. And, yeah, like it might not work as well, but sometimes that's what you got to do to make everything else work a little bit better. Yeah. Tony Jones Jr. out touching Taysom Hill would be the ultimate oh. Pete Carmichael game. Like that nope, just wouldn't he, he would if, if, it wouldn't be he wouldn't be Carmichael anymore. He's back, like, he's, he's back to Pete Michael. Remember, I told you he's Carmichael now. If he does that, he's back to Pete Michael. <laughs> so speaking of running backs, and just kind of the, not not to hit on this too long, but did the Saints screw up by not taking Ty J Spears? I mean, I get it. Maybe he only has a three or four year career, but he's a running back. And like, should somebody before the Titans accepted that? And like, he looks like. A diff, like just a different dude out there running the ball. I know it's preseason, but can we let him play a game? <laughs> we, yeah, but that's not fun. <laughs> no, I mean, we, I, we I need to overhype it. Can yeah. we get Kendrick Miller to play a game? Yeah, yeah. Apparently I mean, not. look, I understand. Tyjay Spears like, is going to be healthy week one. Kendrick yeah. Miller is going to be watching and close. <laughs> look, I respect the question. I, I can't answer it. I, I have no data. I literally have no data on this, so I don't know. I don't know. I get it though. I mean, look. Look, if they regret it, they regret it. It, it could be some, but I, I think Kendrick is going to be a good player. I do. Like yeah. he's just he's got to get healthy. Look, it's it it's worrisome though how the year started. Like we're this is all we have to look at, and he's been hurt three times. So yeah, I mean it's it's something it's something that's not good. Like it's not a good start, but I think you know let him let him start, let him play some games. I, I think he I think he fits what they want to do. I like the way he runs. I, you know he's he's been really good at, at picking up the blitz. He's been. Um, his route running is definitely like way better than I thought it was going to be already. So I think there's a chance for him to be to be a really good player. But yeah, I mean, look, Tajay, Ty, that's something that, that's going to get second guess. Local guy, if he has highlights, I think he fits the Titans really, really well. Though, and I think Kendrick fits the Saints really well. And you know, kind of, I think they both ended up probably in the right place for him. But Kendrick's got to end up being the right back for the the Saints by being healthy and being on the field. And you know, it sucks they drafted him, and it was with this in mind, this three game window, and potentially not ready for the first one. I mean, that's just not where you want to be starting. So this this is another speculation question because we haven't seen a 2023 game, but from what we're seeing, and I'm asking this specifically, but any kind of vague thing, anything similar to it, has an NFL player ever come into the league and basically redefined how someone plays their position in their first five years, faded into mediocrity for seven years, taken a year off, and then come back to be an above average football player at 36 years old? Because Jimmy Graham looked like Jimmy, he has not looked that good in five years. I get it, it was a preseason game, it was a four passes, but that wasn't like mistaken of like, oh, what's going on? He looked like freaking Jimmy Graham, and that was blew my mind because I thought that us signing him, I predicted him to get cut, and then I saw that, I'm like, he's not getting cut. Like, it's 
it it I, it blew, seriously broke my brain to, to see him play like that. I, I mean, I'm a little surprised by how athletic he he, he looks because like the first day it looked like he was kind of like running with like Timberland boots on, and now <laughs> now he's not. Like he's he's moving pretty decently, and I was surprised surprised by how much like he, he got his legs underneath them. I I think he's still probably like a very like specialized package type of player. Like I think you know third down short yardage, red zone probably 15 snaps a game max but I think that he's gonna be effective in that role and I think he's gonna make a difference in, in what he does so yeah I'm surprised like I, when he first got here I was like he might not you know this this is a cool story he probably has every opportunity to make the team but like I I don't know if this is gonna work out like it was just kind of like you know I'm not necessarily seeing it right away but by the end like he he kind of got his legs under him a little bit he looks healthy he's moving well I, I you know I, I think he's gonna be a contributor so yeah, I mean, it's. I'm surprised. I, I'm surprised by, by all. I was surprised when he signed. I'm surprised by it now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the the thing happened in California, even, and I was kind of like, this might be the breaking point. You know, like this, like mm-hmm. this might not work out for him. Like he has a health issue now. Like comes back like two days later, and it's just like nothing happened. He's fine. Like so, it's crazy. It, it's been a, it's been a crazy story. Um, I'm here for it. Like it's fun. I, I like it, and you know, I hope. I hope Jimmy's around long enough to like throw down a dunk and takes the fine. Like I want to see that moment too. So that would be just kind of awesome to, to see the eruption that if he were to do that. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised by it. Well, when that news dropped, I fully expected that to be just a one day contract, contract. retirement. Yeah, so one day contract. Yeah. And then you tweeted out, no, it's a real contract. And we were like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, I was texting people. I'm like, is he retiring? You know, yeah. it, he, he's here to retire. And like, no, this yeah. is, like he's here to play. I'm like, like, Football like this football, year, like, yeah, he's here for the, yeah, like for real, like you know, it just didn't, it didn't feel like a real thing at the time. But look, a year ago in camp, like they got close to it, close enough that I I wrote a story and just kind of like changed details and published it like a full year later. Like it was something that almost happened last camp. So like it wasn't, but it but yeah, I mean it was still kind of like no way, like this like he's not, like he didn't play last year. Like this isn't this isn't a real thing. But yeah, I mean here we are. As crazy as that was, what he did in the third preseason game is ten yeah. times crazier. Yeah, and we we talked about you just mentioned. So we talked about our last podcast about in in week one, what could be the play that happened in the dome that made it just blew the roof roof off the the, the place. And like I decided, I thought a Tyron Matthew like interception for a return for a touchdown. Um, I think the rest of the guys we we said a Taysom Hill block um, blocked field goal going into a, to a touchdown, kind of like a, a Gleason block. And then the Jimmy if Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown and du- actually dunked it. That's probably the answer. Um, oh yeah, the the like the stadium's no longer going to exist. It's like that actually happens. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be actually crazy. Happened. And and it sounds like he's smart because like I got it when we said that. I'm like oh, what's he doing? And he just goes, well, I'm still six foot seven and two hundred sixty five pounds, and I can still catch the ball in the red zone. I'm like, okay, well he's making a point. Like like yeah. that. Okay, like you're kind of convincing me there. He's not coming back. Like oh, I'm going to be streaking down the sideline and running up the seam. Like he didn't say any of that. He's like, I can. I'm six seven. I'm two sixty five. Like. I'm still yeah. tough. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the, the touchdown he scored against the Texans in preseason is a perfect example of what I think he's going to be doing most of this season, picking on a smaller cornerback who had no chance of getting anywhere near the ball. Yeah, he can still jump too. You know, maybe not yeah. as high, but he can still he can still get up and make a play. I mean, I, I he's he's going to be a contributor. And, you know, I think players like, like him and, you know, the, the Saints have a handful of guys that are, pretty good in the red zone that should be good in the red zone i think that helps their car with some of his issues too so like i like just to the very first thing i said like i feel like their plan is is cohesive it feels like cognizant of the the weak spots it feels like they addressed a lot of them 
it feels like they know what they're doing. Like, and I'm scared to say it because, like, <laughs> last year so often it didn't feel like they knew what they were doing. Like, that Browns game, I, I was, like, screaming, you know, just like, what? Like, it was just, like, the most baffling thing in the first half. We, like, it, like, yeah, I we, mean, we it, all, it, we all went, every Saints fan knew how to run the offense for that game. Like, we all talked yeah. about it for five days. This is what you do, and this is how you win. And then it seemed like, it seemed like there was an offensive coordinator calling both ways. Like we had somebody was all time offensive coordinator and they had had a stroke before the game because both teams like called, called the worst game. Yeah. It was one so One of the cold. teams the would not run Taysom think. Hill and the other one would not stop throwing the ball 15 <laughs> yards downfield. It was insane. But so, um, worst games of all time. Kind of, you know, Perhaps. One, of, one of the big things that's, that's great about this season is that we hope that uh, obviously this, this, team's got some cohesive and it needs to develop and we look like we're going to have an opportunity to do that during the season because our division's terrible um i've made the point that i think the three best quarterbacks in the division are all on the saints with Derek carr Jameis winston and Taysom. and i mean there's a there's a case to be made that Taysom hill and Jameis are both better than baker mayfield um so I, I'll, I'll stick by that but are but we keep I'd seeing take, national I'd media take, i'd take i'd take bryce Young probably over three of those take, guys on well, the Saints. Yeah. He's so little. I'm I'm scared of his size so much. Like I was glad the Saints didn't have the number one overall pick because that's a, that that would have terrified me as a fan. He's, I think he's but, I think he's gonna be good. You think so? Yeah, I do. We'll see if he survives a year. I'm I'm excited. But like, so we we keep seeing national media's picking the Panthers, picking the Falcons. So is that just national media being the national media? Is there something that we're all missing on those teams that actually? I mean, I, I see those teams like competing for top five draft picks, not competing for double digit wins and hosting a playoff game. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think that that's kind of crazy. And look, like the Bryce Young thing, like I would take Bryce Young over any of the Saints guys just because he might have a star for 15 years. But like for this season, I'm taking Derek Carr over him. But yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't take like take their offensive over line. Looks there, there's no way that I wouldn't. And no disrespect to James, I wouldn't take Jameis over Bryce Young. That's crazy. Like I would just, I, I would rather, I would rather be a bad team with Bryce Young or be a good team with Bryce Young, because I mean, at least you know, at least you're chasing something. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's nuts. I think the Falcons have good playmakers on offense, so like, I, you know, I think, I think the running backs like going to be a problem, but I don't think that they're. I think the Saints should run away with this, and if they don't, like, you got problems, man. Like, you got real, real problems. If you can't win this division with this schedule, just everything is set up for them. They have the best team. Like, if you aren't winning 10, 11 games, like, I think you, you start looking at your, your direction at that point. Like, if you can't win this, if you don't win the division, like, like what are you doing here? You went all in for it. You got everything. Like, it's, it's, I think it, you start looking at, at the possibility of making changes because if you aren't winning the division, you're probably sub 500 again. You aren't in the playoffs two years in a row. Like, your course of action has failed and you know, I, I just don't see that happening. I, and I think that should be, that's respectful to the people in charge. Like you should have expectations for him, for them to do this, for the coaching to be good enough to win this division. And if it's not, you failed. Like, I really think it's that simple. Then you hire prime time. <laughs> do we hire John Gruden? Atlanta's got enough talent. It definitely comes down to Ritter for them, but I think they're going to be able to run the ball. Yeah. Well, them running the ball is going to scare me a little bit because they've always been able – I feel like the last couple of years they've been able to run it well against us, even if it's been Cordell Patterson. It's been tough. Cal um, you know, Pitts still hasn't proven anything. and it really, I mean, if, if, if Ritter is competent, then I think Atlanta could uh, obviously give us give us a scare. But uh, I think the Panthers and the Bucks are for sure the bottom two. Atlanta, 
I mean, I know it's Atlanta and we all hate Atlanta and we're, none of us are scared of Atlanta, but there's a small possibility that Atlanta is going to be better than, than a lot of us think. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, look, I, I think I think it's like I think the Bucks are the bottom of the barrel, and I think the Panthers are probably a step ahead of them too. And the Panthers could be like things hit for the Panthers. Like they could be a very interesting team. Like they really could be an inter- interesting team. But I, you know, I think I think they're probably a year away from being able to make some real noise. They need some offensive linemen to come in there that can yeah. block for him. So one thing with a uh, I was asking about with a, a former um, Saints player. Um, is the dumbest thing that's ever happened in the history of the NFL Teddy Bridgewater wearing number fifty? <laughs> I mean, oh man, I'm, I I hate this. I'm 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 so over it. Like, what can we do to stop it? Is it is it too late? Is it? Uh, did I, did is, I is see? It did I worse? see he made a number change? I yeah, think he well, might have made a number it. change yesterday. He's, he's, oh, he he's make... ten. I think yeah. he wears. I think he's wearing number. So 10 they cut. Now. They finally cut somebody that was wearing oh, number <laughs> one through twenty. Perfect. <laughs> terrible man 50 on a quarter it's just it's too heavy that's just it's it's disrespectful like no 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 well what uh i guess you've got a lot of stuff going on right um with you brick brook and and mike y'all are putting out podcasts every other day now or some sort of uh um, videos out every four other week day? yeah four a week four podcasts a week got all the stories uh I, I had a conversation with mike thomas yesterday just one-on-one we got that story coming just kind of about like where he feels like he's at so yeah i mean there's a lot of a lot of good stuff coming with the, the season starting just i you know there's something new two new things every day it's just you know there's a lot of content coming out and a lot more coming and uh we got a beer in grocery stores we just you know just a couple different yeah. things going on I mean, awesome. you never I, come on how did how does the beer thing even happen what's the short story of how does that even come up because i like that's actually becoming they've sold out everywhere right like they're having trouble keeping yeah, the beer yeah. in stock yeah they less, just, we just like, we just we just had another run yeah it, and it's in the stores and everything now uh in like restaurants i don't know man it's how did it happen i have no fucking idea how it happened it just happened (laughs) slowly taking over the world um yeah i I don't know like i wrote i wrote about sports and i talked about sports and i got a bit like i don't know how that happened don't ask me to explain that i just i just say okay did you think it was a prank call when the person reached out and you're like are you who is this like (laughs) no i mean it's just yeah i mean i mean urban urban south like they're they're the ones making it and they do a lot of cool stuff like it's just i don't know it's just you know it's crazy i it's working and I don't, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to smile and accept it, man. I don't understand <laughs> it, but it's, but it's going and I'm going with it. Uh, yeah. They, they, they had a, a Potter fest a couple weekends ago. My wife and I went down there and it actually got her to go to, cause she doesn't feel like going to New Orleans a lot these days, but it actually got her, got her out to New Orleans. So that was fun. Um, I did have a question. I don't know if y'all talked about it while I, when I was gone. Um, I've no, obviously the past few years, I feel like the dome crowd has not been the same. Uh, you know, losing Drew and then losing Sean are big parts. And I, I think the no call was really a lot of that. But do you think that this year there's a, maybe a little more optimism that, you know, maybe the fans are going to be back and the dome's going to be back to kind of where it should be. That just, it just seems like something's been missing. I know COVID, I mean, it was kind of a whammy, you know, COVID drew Sean. Do you think we can get back to the dome being, you know, what, what it should be? Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, that, I mean, that's that's legit, and I think, last, but last year though, I think it started off good, and then it like tails off because, yep, you know, they, they ended up winning seven games, but it felt like a three, four win team for a long time, and then they got hot at the end, and you know, by then it's just like everybody's apathetic toward the team a little bit. So if they win games, yeah, it gets back to it. If they don't win games, I think people start selling their tickets, and they're they're you know, it's a Bills takeover, and it's just that's just kind of what goes with it and i don't blame people for for not showing up like you mentioned covid like two years ago 
you're not winning games. Like people are still worried about COVID. Like, you know, why are you going out? Like it's just, but if you're winning games, I, you know, I think that cures, that cures everything. But yeah, it's definitely been a little bit different at, at times the last couple of years. Some of the games have been, you know, it's, it's weird. It's just like, wow, I didn't know this could actually happen. And, and that Bills game is the one that kind of stands out the most out of, out of all of them. That was, yeah. it was like a Bills takeover really. But I don't blame people when they were staying away, but I, I think they're going to win games. And I do think it gets, gets back to where it should be. Okay, so you brought but this DA's, up. DA's got to be DA's got to win games in September, which is something that you know he just really hasn't done throughout his career. So, I wasn't going to ask a question about Michael, um, a question about Michael Thomas, but you brought it up. So, <laughs> what? And I think this is one of the biggest stories of our obviously season. I think that's everybody knows that. If you were to guess and put a number on it, what would you handicap? What what percentage of 2019 Michael Thomas can Michael Thomas be? Seventy. I mean, I think 70 is probably a fair number. Yeah. Like, and and we we would take that immediately. Yeah. And I mean, look, if there's upside on that, great. But I think if you're expecting anything more than that, like, you know, you're just kind of an idiot. Like, and that's just kind of the way, like, a lot of stories got like framed to, like, he's not going to be 2019 Mike. Like, yeah, no shit. Like, like, I I go on like McAfee and they're like, how's Mike? Mike looks great. And it's just like, no, but like, he's not going to be 2019 Mike. Like, it's just, you got to, everybody's got to let that go. And if he gets back to it, cool. Like, that's, that's awesome. But I just think it's crazy for people to have that kind of expectation. And, you know, like we talk about like Mike being good or having a good day or whatever. And then, you know, it's just like, oh, they're hyping. Like, no, nobody's hyping. Like Mike had really good practices in L.A. Like he looked good out there. I thought he got better as camp went on. I, I thought there was a buildup. It, it's just you got to have reasonable expectations. And I, I was kind of going into the season thinking like, OK, if Mike plays, it's a plus, you know, and that's kind of the prism I'm looking at it from. And then it's like, OK, like he looks good. Like he's. He's doing well, but I think like a 70% expectation of that, you know, I think there's a chance too that like he has a probably more catches than maybe some people are expecting this year if he stays healthy, because I just think that's kind of how Derek Carr plays the game too. Like Hunter Renfro had a ton of catches just kind of being close to the line of scrimmage, being that safety valve. Like I think Mike could have a lot of catches, maybe the volume, you know, it's obviously not going to be 2019 volume, but I think it might be good volume. I don't think he's going to be as good after the catch as he used to be. So like the yardage goes down on a per catch basis. But I think there's still like a, a reality where like his total receptions are are pretty high, and Chris Olave leads the team in yards by a wide margin. Like I think that's probably how it plays out if Mike stays healthy for the whole year. But you know, it, it's 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 the like looking at it like can Mike be the best receiver in the world? Like I'm not gonna bet on that, but he was at one point. Yeah, like he, he was, and it's just not what it's probably gonna be this year. I I was encouraged when you were saying stuff throughout the preseason of that. When he went against everybody besides Marshawn Lattimore, he dominated them. And I was like, because nobody like Marshawn Lattimore is going to line up with Michael Thomas this year. They're going to be worried about Chris Olave when Chris Olave is healthy. And there's not going to be some guy in the slot that is Marshawn Lattimore or whatever. So it's just, I, I like that. If, if that's the peak Michael Thomas that we get, and he's going to catch, you know, 95 catches for 850 yards, that's a really good number two receiver for us. Considering what we're gonna get from, uh, I think Kamara is gonna have a huge um, time in the in the passing game this year. I just think that uh, I, I hope. <laughs> so um, after being ignored for a couple of years, so. um, thanks for coming on, Nick. Any uh, anything you want to tell us about? Uh, if anybody here listening doesn't know where to find you, um, I'm, I think we have a little bit of crossover with uh, with listeners. But uh, if anybody knows sure. where to find you and where to where to follow you at, yeah, I'm on Twitter, Nick underscore Underhill. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, NOF Network. Um, Website is New Orleans Football, and we well, are also on YouTube. Now. Yeah, we got an app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Push notifications just... start tomorrow. So yeah, we got those too. Yeah. 
Excellent, man. It's a, uh, it's crazy. You've really, uh, I don't know if, you know, I live in Dallas, Fort Worth where we're Dallas is supposed to be America's team. And so like there's nobody doing anywhere close to a small percentage of what you're doing for the new Orleans saints and the coverage you're getting and the, um, and I, I see the way it's paying off for you. And I think it's insane that there's, there's, there's nobody else that's even able to grasp the things that you've done and figure out to, to try to copy it. I don't think they'd, they'd pass the uh, muster on it, but it's, it's pretty crazy. So thank you for giving us yeah. great saints coverage and uh, really appreciate and happy for all the things that are happening for you. Yeah, we yeah, are completely spoiled. We are completely spoiled, yeah. Nick. I can uh, I can assure you of that. <laughs> hey, it's you guys, man. You got you guys interact with what we do. You read it, you you share it, you retweet it, all that stuff. I mean, it's it's just really the fan support, man. That's really what it is. Like we aren't doing anything special or secret, or you know what I mean. There's no secret sauce. It's just it's it's the Saints fans. It's, it really is like how passionate they are. Hard work and boring books about linebackers. <laughs> yeah, sometimes some of that too. <laughs> some of that too. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nick. Uh, we'll uh, yeah, talk to you sometime this season, yep. and uh, hopefully we've got some some wins going on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks. All right. Thanks. All right. So, any uh, so after that nice conversation, any final thoughts? Yeah, just I'm so glad we're finally here. We've got real football this weekend. I I, I think I said after the after the preseason spectacular show, it's been a long off season, a long wait to get to this point, and you know. We're going to find out over the next few weeks a lot of answers to questions that we've all probably got. Is Derek Carr the man? Is Dennis Allen finally going to show that he's a decent head coach? Is our defence as good as we think it's going to be? Is Marshawn Lattimore going to be the best cornerback in the NFL? We've just talked about Michael Thomas. We're going to get answers to all these questions and I can't wait. I really, really can't wait. But UK time, 6 p.m. Sunday, off we go. It is nice. Uh, it will be nice to get back in the dome finally to see everything, all the renovations, to do my tailgate again. Even though it's going to be 95 degrees, I'm not looking forward to that, but I am looking forward to get back. But also, shout out to uh, to BG, who got released from prison today. He's been in prison for a while. One of the hot boys. Yeah, he got, he got released, released today. today. He got released today. Wow. So, Get yeah. him in the dome. Get him in the dome on Sunday right? at halftime. Right. Get him in there. Let, let him and Manny Fresh do uh do the halftime or do the, do the do the warm ups at the beginning of the game. I'm all for yeah. that. So welcome home, BG Easy. Man, my biggest thing. I'm obviously ready to get this season started um, and see what we we have. But um, kind of one of the things we just talked about with Nick um, that I'm most excited for is that the dome crowd. Um, you know, I've had incredible experiences in the Dome with us winning and losing games and where I've still, obviously it's better to win, but still enjoyed the time and uh, appreciate the, the crowd and the Dome itself impacting games and scaring other quarterbacks and, you know, drawing penalties. Um, and I'd love to see the Dome get back to that this weekend. Um, obviously, this is the first week I'd like to start with a win, um, but having that would let me know that uh, we've we've got that dome field advantage back and i think we really need it this year and uh, i hope the the crowd's coming out and supporting and being loud and uh, when we're on defense and yeah no wave. no, no, uh, no waves yeah please no waves but look th- this is going to be a big a big test man you beat tennessee i think tennessee's a quality football team you beat them in week one then you really say hey all right here we go here we go i think you said it on when we recorded on friday night wesley we win that first game watch out because the first the schedule after winnable. that is yeah yeah all right well we'd like to thank our loyal listeners for joining in joining us each week and telling your friends about the dome patrol podcast 
Make sure to hit the subscribe button, hit the download button. Um, you can follow us on Twitter because I'm not calling it X. Don't patrol PCAST. I know we're on Facebook somewhere. Uh, we will have the Discord during game days. We'll have a Discord chat. So if you want to get in, pop us a line. Um, I know it's been a little inactive. We had a few posts during the preseason games, but now that the regular season games are here, um, I'll be in there. I'm not on Twitter because I can't check Twitter during the games because it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, send us a line if you want to hop in there. And wow, the season, the long off season nightmare is, is coming to a close. And here we are. So um, with that, say bye-bye. Bye bye preseason donkeys. Put up things on the real BG about busting haze on the real BG. So choppers, look in the sky, flying by helicopters on the real BG about trigger play. BG about getting funky in a day. BG about flipping 50 out of K on the real BG about trigger play. Now, whoa, day BG straight back and phase on the real BG about busting haze. I'm on the real BG to a chopper. Look at the sky, flying by.